Vaughn Wamsley is a successful personal injury attorney in Indianapolis. He has an interesting story about second chances. Being successful requires moving past adversity, even when everything looks like it's lost. It shows his sheer determination, one defeat after another, but he keeps going. A big part of his story is about his bike accident, which changed his life forever. We've edited out several potential graphic details to make it appropriate for our audience. But some portions remain in order to grasp the severity of the incident. Listener discretion is advised. Hey, welcome back to Money with Mac and G. We have a special guest today, Mr. Uh, Vaughn Wamsley, who is a very well-known personal injury attorney here in Indianapolis. And we like to get his story. And we also brought along here Mr. Tony Petrashani. How are you doing today, Tony? Doing good. How are you doing? Doing well, (laughs) sir. Doing well. We need to work on your English there. But Vaughn, great to have you. You're looking good. You're looking nice and healthy. I think you have a golf game later on today, so you're probably pretty excited about that, right? We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> well, we, we've known Vaughn, ran into him. He's on billboards across uh, Indianapolis and probably even further out. We know we've seen his uh, commercials on TV, but he has a really unique story. And as we talk about money and we talk about successful people and how it really requires continuing to push through sometimes difficult times and living a little bit on the edge where things almost fall apart, but you bring it back and good things happen. We think that you just have a fantastic story. So thanks for being here to share share it with us. Love to. If it can help people, I'll do it. That's that's exactly what we like. But uh, you have, um, we, we usually just kind of start at the beginning, you know, just a very quick start back when you were growing up. And we know you're an attorney, maybe a little bit of how you got there. Tad about your family, like, hey, you grew up in a family of six and I always want to be an attorney because I like to fight with all my brothers and sisters. And we kind of go from there. Well, I grew up in Minnesota, as a matter of fact. I grew up in Lake Minnetonka. My dad's vice president of Tonka Toys. Oh, no way. And I tested the Mighty Four. I have, I have my dad actually went to Caterpillar, scaled them down, and built the, the bulldozer, the, the front loader, the um, Mighty Dump Truck, and the crane, and I tested them. <laughs> that is Literally, awesome. He was vice president of research and development. I have a picture of him in the 1971 stockholders report. Standing behind the mighty four, and I have the I have all four. I I have all four of them in the house. That's awesome. It's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. So, so I was this test dummy, and friends side wrote them down uh, Urbandale Lane or whatever road we lived on, and the 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 when I say wrote them, I sat in the mighty dump truck, and my butt was too big, and expanded the flanges, and they ended up having to build a heavier gauge metal. The plastic tires weren't thick enough, so they made those thicker. <laughs> because you were a little well, overweight or what? What I love about this is is Vaughn was uh, very early practice in getting into the accidents. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Crash and burn, baby. Yeah, we'll talk about that. So yeah. so maybe maybe some of your influence or just being a successful guy, knowing a little bit about money, is the fact that your dad was a pretty successful uh, guy in his own right? Is Very that successful. They called him Mr. RV in Elkhart. Uh, as you know, may, may know Elkhart's the RV capital of the world. Mr. RV. Yeah, he basically was vice president of Coachman, Harmony. He was over a lot of different RVs and, in fact, talked me into starting an RV corporation when I was 26 years old. Really? Uh, I was the youngest one to ever start an RV corporation. Bought a company out of Canada called Bowler, the fiberglass RV, and uh, it was about a 17-footer. And it was pla- it was fiberglass, so we could change the gel coat color to match the van conversion. So what I did was I started selling it with van conversions, very high-end 
deal. And if he had a Chevy 17 Silver, I'd get Chevy 17 Jelko and match it with a silver uh, van conversion. Dude, that's pretty cool. That was when I was in law school at Notre Dame. Because aren't there more um, more millionaires in northern Indiana than anywhere in Indiana for sure, but a much bigger swath of the United States? A lot of them in Elkhart. And there's like the RVs that are put together. Yep. Um, my dad got a custom, one of the, the, the full-size vans. And we started learning about that, man. Up there, they're all doing that stuff. Well, that's the van conversion. I paired up with, with well, with a uh, bivouac and a couple other ones. And I actually shipped them and sold them along with the van conversion. Actually sold some of them to Mercedes-Benz dealers. They actually put them in the showroom. These were very high-end. Van conversions. Uh, yeah. And, and now the, the RV, the trailer that, that went along with the van conversion that matched it. For instance, if it had Chevy 17 and it had charcoal... Uh, 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 trim. Yeah. I carry that back to the RV, and I, I broke the the mold there. RV so it's very aerodynamic. It was matched up with a van conversion. It looked like a a twin. Wow. And I sold 1.3 million in three months. So you're just like a, a really detailed guy, a real um, really strong. Um, what do you call it? work ethic? You you kind of jump in full force, and right. you're doing some really cool stuff at 26. But you know that was kind of even. Um, your your big story was before that, right? Right. Well, so I started flipping houses in college down at IU in Bloomington. And uh, Mark Cuban and I were in some of the same classes. I knew Mark. <laughs> You're kidding me. No, he, is, he, is, uh, he had uh, across the street Dunhill, which is right right. I know where Dunhill is, sure. Ultimately, I was hit by a car within a half a block of that area. And we need to go into that. Yeah. So. And I was south of there on 16th Street, flipping, buying houses, single family residences. I buy them on an option to purchase. Yep. I actually lease them with an option to purchase, fill them with uh, other college students to pay for the mortgage payment. Sure. I started a roofing and painting company. I went around and I hired guys who could also had other skills besides painting. They are plumbers, electricians. And they would basically, I would use the profits from other work that I was doing. Other, Like I did uh, Long John Silvers down in Bloomington. I did some other jobs. <laughs> I would use the profit to pay them to work on my houses. And gotcha. I, bought three, I bought three of them, painted them all Dover gray, same color. I'd have these, I've had these painting <laughs> parties where I'd get a kegger. And I'd have these guys out. And, they, and you could you probably get nobody to come for a kegger, right? Well, we had dire straits planned and stuff. They'd come out there, and I'm, I still remember this one day, and uh, we were doing that. And, I mean, these guys did not do a good job. It wasn't their normal level of performance, so I, I had to come out you know, fix the And work. instead of getting them pizza, you got them uh, fish and chips. Yeah, yeah fish it, and chips and John's. beer. It Your toilets were backed up. Uh, the painting jobs weren't very good. I'll tell you what, though. It was, it was, it was, it was fun. It made, made a lot of money. I made more money than... Almost everybody except Cuban. He was already ahead of me. So I was trying wow, to catch yeah. Him. He's going to be hard to catch right there. That's for yeah. sure. Well, he, you're almost there. Yeah. Yeah, but the funny <laughs> part was is, uh, you know, um, up at Purdue, I was originally um, at Purdue University, and I put together a shirt uh, mm -hmm. based upon the uh, rivalry between IU and Purdue. Mm -hmm. And I was buying the T-shirts actually from a guy who made them in, at Indiana University. Really? And so that whole um, thing, I got excited about business. You know, my dad wasn't really a business dude. And so right. I'm like making more money than I've ever seen. Right. And then I decided to go to, down to IU. But uh, it sounds like you already had it in your blood. You could see opportunities and really go after them. I pretty much did um, start, you know, in, in that painting company. I started at, at, at home. In 1978, when the RV industry crashed, um, even my dad, his VP of Coachman, couldn't get me a job. There was no jobs. So my best friend, uh, Garrett Higby, and I started a painting company. And we hired all our friends to do their prep. After a while, we got so much work, did a good job that we did 
we didn't want to do all the prep. We just wanted to be the prima donna painters because you're pretty good painters. Prima donna painters. And we took <laughs> we took the last month off and bought a 260Z, and he and I took off, went to Colorado for a month and backpacked. And there was no jobs available that summer, and we made so much money that we hired our friends. They made money because of us. So that started in high school. But see, this is this is exactly one of the points that we keep talking about, right, Tony? We're talking about like a company and how they have to pivot. So you got smashed, right, in the RV industry, but you, you picked up and you said, hey, this isn't the end of me. I'm going to still make something work. So you right. got out there, you started this other thing, and now it's successful. You're younger, so you're, you're taking some risk and kind of having some fun. So the order was started started uh, doing real uh, real estate, flipping houses. And then um, uh, this is an uh, uh, Actually, I did a little, little bit. Of, I, mean, I guess the painting part was uh, all last year of high school, and then through college, started flipping houses, and then I got hit by a car on May fifth, nineteen eighty two. I was riding my bicycle home. It was interesting. It was the last day of school, and it was May fifth. Actually, it was the evening of May fourth. I graduated on May fifth. The graduation was going to be held at Indiana University football. Stadium. stadium, which is right where I got hit. Right. And so I'm at the same time, I'm booking, I'm in top gear. And I know it's because I kept it for evidence. And I'm riding right along the line, doing everything right. And he turns left in front of me to enter that park. And he hits me so hard that I totaled his car out with my left shoulder. And I actually flew horizontally through the air, hit just below the roof line. Um, and the, the the glass is supposed to break in pieces and catch you didn't. It didn't stop me. I was hit so hard. I pulled my scalp back and fractured my skull. I had 96 stitches. 96. Yeah, broke my nose and broke my jaw in eight places. Major, major TBI, traumatic brain injury. Yeah, I think God had his hand in there. I know God controls everything, and I honestly believe it's for my good. I think he really... I uh, knew I needed to be humbled at that point in my life. I was, you know, one problem. <laughs> we kind of giggle because we uh, we know that uh, Vaughn is definitely special, very smart guy. Uh, humility may may not be your no. uh, your strongest no. suit. Let's no. put it that way. No, and, and, and you know, it comes with success. And, and I would offer this: is don't get caught up in yourself. Don't think you did it because even up to a few years ago, I thought it was all me, all Vaughn. You were you were destined for huge success, and now you're. You're, you're hit, and you move into a coma, right? You know right. I mean? And so I don't know how you get to Texas. So so I wake up. I get hit on May 5th. I wake up on July 31st in Dallas Rehabilitation Center in Texas. My dad, who's an entrepreneur as well, has started a company called Amtech. They hired him to start a company called Amtech. They merged a bunch of companies together. One of them was a limousine stretch car, an ambulance company, and a Hertz, co- a Hertz company. So they were all applied to what my situation was right there. <laughs> and uh, wow. he actually had a turboprop Learjet type thing. They flew me down in his private jet. We had a house. It was like J.R. Hewing. It was like a, it had a pool you could swim from the inside to the outside. I'm like, it was like a dream for me because I really didn't know what happened to me. Um, so this is two months later. All of a sudden, three you- months. Oh, I thought you said May to July, May, June, July. You're right, two months. So I got the whole thing at May 5th. So right. all of May. All of May, all, all of June, June, and all of July. Oh, all of the end of July. Okay. July so 31st. 31st. Oh, I thought you said so July 3rd. Thir- no. uh, July 31st. So so you're down there now. You're, you're waking up and, and. And I'm 38 pounds lighter. I look like. How I'm much in, were you before? I was about 200. I was about one. 
172. Okay, so you, that's yeah, that's I a big was, difference I, at that point. I looked like a POW, and um, I asked my mom what happened to me, and she goes, "You got hit on your bike." And the night, I, I, a friend of mine had a TS 185 Suzuki, and I've been driving it all over, and I'd taken it to Nick's, and and I. I remember that's the only thing I couldn't remember anything other than driving that TS-185 Suzuki through the SIGAP house, rear sliding doors, and out their front door. <laughs> <laughs> it's like an animal house animal type house. deal. I'm thinking you didn't get caught with that because being a lawyer today might be a little bit... Uh, well, no, I knew some guys. Uh, you knew some guys. guys. It's funny because, you know, Ben went to IU and his nickname there was Flounder. What? <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Animal house. Oh, I did. Oh, that's funny. Uh, that's you know a what? Bit before my time, you're dealing with young people. They just. Don't yeah. <laughs> but, but when I, as far as you know, when I came out of, it, I couldn't walk. I couldn't talk. I couldn't spell cat or dog. I had several tests. My IQ is 75. I may get a little emotional here, guys. Um, they said you'll never get out of it. They told my, told my parents start looking for a convalescent home. You'll never get out. He'll never be able to live independently because uh, he won't be able to perform the activities of daily living by himself. He'll need someone to help him. So you can't walk. You pretty much, I think I heard that maybe you couldn't talk. Well, my mouth's still wired shut. I broke it in eight places. Twelve weeks later, it's still wired shut, uh, oh, which doesn't go well, especially when your rehab place gives you fish when you should be eating uh pureed shakes. food yeah. and shakes and they got me into some food but my mouth's still wired shut it's got rubber bands in it and I got a fish bone in my throat it almost killed me my parents went through the roof on that one but the bottom line is I was you couldn't do nothing I couldn't do anything and, and but I, I had to learn how to walk with these balance beams on, the, on both sides of me and I mean they were the uh, Dallas Cowboys so there's a couple of Dallas one guy had had a farm implement fall on him and Dallas Cowboys are coming in and stuff and I was kind of after a while became a parent <clears throat> I was going to be their poster boy because when, when I found out what happened to me, it's a, a head injury is like no other injury. It's an injury to your very self. Right. And it's not like you hurt your arm or something. So I'd, when I figured out what happened to me, that's when I started doing – it was like a Rocky Balboa thing. I started doing sit-ups and push-ups in my room. I started – and my right leg dragged. My right, I got hit on the left front parietal lobe, so it messed up my right side. So with your brain not working, though, how long did it take you from the time that you had the accident to three months later when you woke up? Was it the following week? Was it two months later when you figured out, oh, my gosh. Several know. months at least. Maybe. Because I'm thinking that this is not this is not a quick thing. No, several months later. First, I was mad at God. I, I shook my fist at him. And uh, I was really, I mean, I was Be really mad. Because you were you, you were graduating college, yeah. but then you were heading to law school, right? You wanted to go I, to law okay, school. So I, I was, but, and then this ha happens. And so I'm trying to put it into yeah. sequence so people can understand well, it. Well, so... Yeah, I'd taken the law school admission test, and I did well on it. I didn't apply until April, and somehow I got accepted. They must have had an extra spot or something. <laughs> they threw it to one of their own, I guess. I don't know. But so that's April, a month before graduation. I got, hit, I, got hit, I got accepted mid-April. I got hit on May 5th. So two weeks after I got accepted, I got hit. So I'm going, I'm going. you know, I'm already making money in real estate. And I've got several. Miss Indiana's my girlfriend. Miss Indiana. Uh, yeah. All right. And so I mean, I had I had a lot of things going. My Life way. was good for you. Yeah, I was going to law school. I was already. That's all I lived for. It doesn't take any skill. You just have to try real hard. And I'm good at that, right? So I had a lot of things going for me. So that's when I woke up. I said, God, you took everything from me. And in fact, he 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 gave me everything because I was on the wrong track. It was right. all about me. 
It was all about me making money. That was all I cared about and me being successful rather than serving other people and loving other people. Right. Which, so you get whacked and you're just like, yeah, you I come out of it. I come out of days. it. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, you know, I figured out, finally figured out what happened to me. My mom said you got hit by your car and then I got mad at God. I was wearing diapers when I came out of my coma. Wow. I was incontinent. My mouth still wired shut. I can't even spell cat or dog. And so I, I, I started actually walking around. Once I learned how to walk, I started walking around outside of the Dallas Rehabilitation. Then I started, and my right leg was dragging. My right arm was screwed up. My left side got hit, so I messed up my right side. And then I started um, uh, actually jogging and then started running. And I ran like something you'd see on a, you know, a cyclops or one of those, you know, <laughs> night of living dead or whatever. I looked like an idiot, right? <laughs> Um, and it took a while. I mean, I actually. Um, so what's a while? About I was down there about a year in, in Dallas. So three months till you woke up down yeah. there for a year. Yeah, totally, totally a year. And and then my dad's company went under because the guy uh, they were they did he did some shenanigans and we hadn't sold our house yet. And now we go back up and I'm living in my same room that I was in high school. So I'm living at home in Elkhart again. Oh, I know. In my old house, we never sold it. And it's like in my old house, in my old room that I was in, you know, I come home sometimes during college, but usually I was down there doing my entrepreneur stuff, right? So I've been home for years. I'm living with mom and dad again, age 22. Wearing diapers. Uh, yeah, I, I got out of that after a while, <laughs> finally. But I'm like, you know, it took a while to get my brain back. My dad gave me a job in this accounting department. I got a job at TGIF. You guys would like this story. Working at TGI Fridays down in uh, Dallas, that's their corporate office. They right. hired me. I worked with a, a, a little department. I would be the one who would make sure that the, the credit cards and the food groups and the different areas, we're trying to monitor what was being uh, consumed and what we sure. needed to replace and stuff like so, that. Some of the metrics. And... Yeah. It was funny because my store was Indianapolis, the one at Keystone. And the guy who was managing it was a guy named Glenn Garman. We call him Gap because he had a gap. And, and he was little five. He wrote a little five with me. He didn't know that I was the one who was in charge. I had like a whole bunch of stores. And then there's a lady named Sydney above me. And there's four other girls I was working with, working with all women. He did not know that um, I was overseeing his work. Gotcha. Okay. And so I was messing with him. I was really, I was like a little kid. I had, I had the kind of the the social grace of a six-year-old, so I was like a child. And I was giving him, this is the wrong food group and stuff. And when we used to ride bike, pass and blow him away and just leave him in the dust. So after about two months of this hazing, sent the report to him. He called me within 15 minutes when he got that. But it was funny because they would never let anything in that department go out of the department. Did you guys follow that story? Yeah. They, yeah. They, they they never let anything go out of our little cubby. We yeah. had these little four, there's four of us in this little cubby area until they checked it because I was an absolute idiot. I was making, everything was mistakes everywhere. And they gave me a test. Somehow they figured out I was an idiot. And at this time, remember, I'm accepted to law school. I'm going to go back. So I was home for a year. And then the following summer, I was going to go back to get redoctrinated to, to, to uh, college life. And so I had, this mustard-colored B210 packed up outside TGIFs. And this is very interesting because they'd give me a test because they realized I was an idiot. And I remember Sydney and the, 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 the VP of TGIF, they called me, called me in their office for a meeting after the test. He looked like uh, uh, 
Pat Sachek, I think. The, the, yeah. the, 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 the Wheel turn, of Fortune. Being a turn yeah, of letters. Yeah. yeah. And he goes, uh, how do you think you did that test, Vaughn? Like, I think I did pretty good on it. And Sydney looks at him. I can tell you I didn't do real well. Just by the way they looked at each other. He goes, well, you didn't do so well. I said, oh. He goes, we're going to have to let you go. I said, well, that's okay because I'm going to law school. And they both just <laughs> lost it. They're like, oh, this guy's going to law school. And I had, and, you know, think of it. In my position, I'd been beaten down. And I was going to make a comeback no matter what it took. That was the same drive I had when I was a little five when I started all these businesses. So April, you got accepted to law school. May, you're ready to graduate and got in an accident. July, you woke up in a coma in Texas. In a July. In a July. About nine months or so later, because you said you're down there in about yep. a year. Yep. You started to work at TGI Friday. I started working there a lot sooner. A lot sooner. During that. But your your mental capacity wasn't up to snuff right. yet, right? Right. You got accepted to law school back in April, and you're going, "Hey, I'm going, I'm going to go to law school." Right. People are like, y- "You're you're insane!" Right. right? So what, here's the here's the funny part. My car is already packed. The timing was God has a sense of humor in my life. Anybody who knows me, like Tony, they'll they'll see stuff happen. And your car's packed in it's Texas or Elkhart. It's packed in the parking lot at TGIF. It's outside. At, where and where is this TGIF? I'm Midway Avenue, I'm on the other side of of Dallas. At Dallas, so you're in Dallas. Okay, yeah. got it. And and so um, and my parents think it already come back, or they were they were moving back the same weekend or whatever. So your dad's having like pretty significant problems too, because yeah. right, he just he, lost his. And he's hired an attorney to defend because they tried to put it on him, and he got out of it, and they had to pay for and, a house. And the and other guy was doing some he, crazy he stuff. He got in trouble. So he now, in trouble. so now you've got you've got a whole bunch of trauma in your life from right. physical to mental to emotional to family to everything. But the funniest part was, yeah, I, I, I said, yeah, I think I'm going to, I, I said, well, that's, okay, that's fine. I'm going to law school. And they looked at each other and laughed. <laughs> I had the letter, the acceptance letter in my jacket because I was owning that. That was my, I was going to make a comeback. I was dun, making dun, a transition. Dun, 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 dun. Got out from law, from the rehab to this job, even though I thought I was doing sure. better than I was. I wasn't doing as good as I thought I was. Right. right. But now I'm going on to the next stage. I'm going back to college. And so I said, here's my letter and they both read it and they just they just you could have seen look on their face when they read that letter that I was accepted in law school they were like they didn't know what to do and by the way said, which law school IU Bloomington oh so you got accepted to IU which is, it was rated like 13 it, I don't, it was highly rated it, IU Bloomington is a lot harder again than Indianapolis it's it's a very fairly theological or the, I'm sorry theoretical right very abstract it's very um, there's different ways of teaching law and it's a very uh, conceptual Thanks for being here and join us for part two of this story next week. Please like, subscribe, and comment on the podcast. We'll see you next week for more Money with Mac and G.